You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Uh, so open your Bibles if you've got them to John chapter 17, or you can pull out your iPads, your iPhones, whatever you got. And uh, we're going to go here, John 17. This is an incredible text, one of my faves, and I'm excited to spend probably three weeks uh, in this, um, kind of a short series, but uh, I love, love, love this, this prayer of Jesus, and so I just want to dive into it. I'm going to pray, and then we'll dive into John 17. God, we do love you so much, and God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for just the opportunity to be your people. God, we thank you for the opportunity. What a privilege, what an honor to be disciples. And God, we thank you that, Lord, we we get to know you. We get to walk with you and and be disciples. We thank you, Lord, that you're changing us and you're helping us get rid of the things that keep us bound up. And God, we thank you, Lord, that that you've created each one of us for a purpose. There's, There's something, some redeemed thing that you've called each one of us to do. And we thank you that we get to make a difference. We thank you that you've got a way that we can serve people and that you've, you've called us and then we get to, to do ministry. We get to help make a difference with our lives. And God, we ask that those things would become greater and that the pleasures of earth would become less. We pray that you would increase and that we would decrease. We honor you and we love you. And all of Radiant said, amen. That was weak. Radiant said, Amen. This is one of those kind of churches. Half of y'all just got scared. Oh, no, this is like a top. Okay, anyway, it is. Uh, (laughs) All right, I'm going to read verse 4 real quick, and then we're going to read the whole text here. But I just, today I want to highlight verse 4, so just so you get it. Jesus says, John 17, I'll give you context in a minute, but this is the big idea. This is where we'll conclude. It's going to this spot at the ending of the message. It is this prayer. Jesus says this phrase, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. I, Jesus, looking to his father, have brought you glory on earth. How? By finishing the work you gave me to do. I love John 17 because in John 17, it's where we really get the most content in terms of Jesus' prayers. And so there's a whole lot of times in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, where we read that Jesus prayed. There's a little bit in John until you, when you get to John 17, you get a lot, you get 26 verses. And it's really beautiful because you've got that second person of the Trinity speaking to the first person of the Trinity. So you've got, here is Jesus, God incarnate, living on planet earth. And there's a whole lot of content right there compared to what we have in the rest of the gospels. And it's this moment where you get the heart, like if you could listen in to a conversation, God speaking with God. I mean, the God man, Jesus on earth, and he's praying to his father. He's talking to his father. And I just think there's a lot in it that as we want to become great intercessors or prayers, a people of prayer, a praying culture, a praying church, I think there's a lot that we can learn when we look at the ultimate intercessor, Jesus. And so I want you to see some of the heart and I want you to feel it, I want you to get it. I think you can learn a lot about somebody when you get to hear their prayers, right? Like when it's just them and God, what do they pray about? What's inside of them? When Dawson was three, I was gonna preach the next morning and on a Saturday night in Colorado, I said, hey, Dawson, will you pray for me? And he said, what do you want me to pray for? He's three. I said, I I just want you to pray that I'll do a good job tomorrow. And so Dawson closes his eyes Saturday night, putting him to bed. And he, this was his prayer for his father who was preaching the next day. God, I pray that when daddy preaches tomorrow, he will say no bad words in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So I don't know what goes on in the mind of a three-year-old, but when you say that you'll preach well, that's what he thought. Oh, oh, like talk for 30 minutes. Without, <laughs> that, that's not indicative of anything in my personal life for those of you that are just nervous. <laughs> You're just looking at your friends like, let's check out another church. No. Then as he got older, then, you know, at nine or 10 years old, his prayer was always for the Broncos. Now you want to leave again. <laughs> You're like, let's go another hey, Like when he would pray, it was just, I mean, we lived in Colorado then, so give me grace, all right? Cover the multitude of sins. But, but he would pray and his, I mean, his most passionate pleas were, oh God, oh God, oh God, praying during the game, right? And so at, at 10 years old, that's what's alive on the inside, right? I don't know what it is right now. I think it might be, I don't know, media and fashion or something, but, but, but what it is, is you, you can get a window into the heart when someone prays. For my wife and I, I, I know the question that I can ask her where I can get really deep inside of her heart, right? Like if I ask her the question, what's, what's going on in your heart? If I say, what, what's, what's, what's alive inside? What's going on? There's a whole lot more than if I just say, hey, let's talk about the dishes. Let's talk about paying the bills. Let's talk about keeping the house clean. Hey, why are our cars such a, I mean, all those things are surfacey, but he, there's a lot of content who she is when I say, what's going on? What's alive in your heart? What's taking place inside of you? If you were to think of it in terms of a prayer journal, right? Like in, in, in my prayer journal, that's the moments where I'm really real with God, right? Like in a context like this, Right, lots of people, some people I don't know. I might, I might keep my prayer a little bit different than when it's just, just me and God. Because when it's just me and God, then I'm just, I'm in there just, honestly, I'm mostly praying for my enemies. Like, oh God, you know, trying to be obedient. You can figure out a lot about me if you found my journal, right? And be scared, right? Because it's just getting vulnerable and just real and just raw. Just, oh God, I'm feeling this. And so I pray for that person and oh God. And it's, it's intimate. It's, just, it's me and God. I say all that to say this, when we get into John 17, where we'll be for the next few weeks, it is a window into the heart of Jesus. And I think we've got a lot that we can learn. Now, it's not the exact same because this is God praying to God and here we are, the redeemed praying. And so there's a little bit different language and there's, there's some moments where Jesus talks about the glory that he had before the creation of the world and that ain't us, right? Like there's, there's some pieces that aren't exactly a template for our prayers, but there's a lot in this prayer that if we would get it deep in our DNA, I think it would change us. I think if we could take the prayer of Jesus and learn it and meditate on it and actually pray it. And I wanna invite you this week as we go into prayer week to take John 17, open it up and start to pray it. Start to take these moments where Jesus prays to his father and turn it into your prayers because my hope is that we would get more, more of what Christ is like, his prayer kind of burning, alive, jumping, our heart, like that his heart would become our heart. And I just wanna give you some of the prayer life of Jesus before we go to John 17, because I want you to really believe me. I want you to kind of just get a, just a little survey of how this is a very unique prayer. I want you to kind of get, okay, now I understand what David's talking about. There, this really is by far the most actual content. And I'm not saying it's, it's the greatest, but I'm saying it is certainly the most when you think about how much is given. And so there's the moment when you think of prayer in Matthew 6, where the disciples come to Jesus and they say, teach us to pray. 
And that's a great moment, but the reason why they're doing that is because they see Jesus' incredible prayer life and they don't come and say, hey, teach us to preach. They don't come and say, teach us to walk on water. They see this fuel that makes Jesus who he is. They see this thing that helps drive him. They see him constantly getting alone with his father. And the thing that they want to learn from is teach us to pray. And so we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's actually, you could call it the Disciples' Prayer because it's a prayer that Jesus told them to pray. And so that's the one, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, and that's in Matthew 6, and that's the prayer that Jesus tells them to pray. And then we've got these moments where we can see in the life of Jesus where he's praying. Lots of Bible this morning, so here we go, all right? Here we go. If, the, if this is like your first time, just get ready. This is going to be like Bible survey day, all right? So it's, it's this moment, Luke chapter 3. This is his baptism where it says, as he was praying. So the baptism event, Jesus is praying. As he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. All right. So I want you to see how often Jesus is praying. When he goes to select his disciples, Luke chapter six, verse 12, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Whoo! That could be an intimidating verse for us. Okay. Spent the entire night, however many hours. But in John 17, we get to see a window into what, what kind of things does Jesus pray? Like when he goes and he spends the entire night praying, what, like what's the language? What's the verbiage? What are the, what are the desires? What are the burdens? What are the things that are on his heart? That's what this series is all about. It's be some of the burdens on Jesus' heart, some of the desires that we find in Luke 17. Happens again, Mount of Transfiguration, we find a little bit more. We find in Luke 9, well, let's go Luke 9, 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, then Mount of Transfiguration, a few verses later, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. We've got another one, all right? The story of Lazarus. And we actually get a little window right here. This is, this is not as much as John 17, but Jesus, we get a little bit here. John 11, so they took away the stone. You know the Lazarus story where Lazarus, Jesus prays and comes back to life. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And I love this phrase. That's why I kept going here. And the dead man came out. That's just a powerful phrase. His hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Okay, we've got another one, Garden of Gethsemane. Just want you to catch a little bit. All right, it says, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them uh, in Luke 22, knelt down and prayed. And this is the famous one. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. All right? So there, there's another, another prayer of Jesus. And then, this, then we've got on the cross, all right? And these are the ones, we, we did this series. We've got three little prayers where Jesus prays on the cross. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Then we've got the fourth one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then Luke 23, the last thing we've got here, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. All right, so here we go. We've got, we've got all these, these are, that's, that's a summation of a lot of the, what we have in terms of that Jesus prayed. And we've got, we've got, in one sense, we've got a lot right there. But in terms of actually hearing the dialogue, like, like opening up and hearing the window like uh, in his heart, like what's going on, like what's the content of his prayers. We find a lot in John 17. And I just give you that backdrop because I want you to value it. 
I'm trying to talk about it for a long time so that you're salivating. Just get to John 17, brother. We just want to know, what does Jesus pray? Just what, what's, what's going on as Jesus is about to embrace the cross, and we get in John 17, 26 verses. And honestly, we could make this an extremely long series if we wanted to, to really dive in. There's a few phrases that I want you to get. And just as a church, as I think about us being a praying church and my dream that we would have a prayer culture that's strong and, and my dream that you would walk with God and that you would pray with your kids and that your kids would be people that pray and that, that prayer would be a part of our lives. I think some of these phrases just kind of getting embedded in our hearts will help us. So let's read, let's read the first four verses here of John chapter 17, all right? Jesus says this, Father, the hour has come. It's interesting right there, Father. I just... As you pray, this is how Jesus references his father. This is how he talks to God. And I just, first and foremost, right there, simple idea. The good father, we always have the temptation to run in fear. He's always this kind, loving father that wants to hear your voice, that loves you. So simple as that is, that's one of the barriers to many people's prayer life is they think God's personality has changed toward me. I invite you to always see him as father. Jesus prayed to him as father. See him as father. No matter where you're at, even if your prayer life has been dead for a decade, he's still the father. He's still the father that looks at you, loves you, full of grace. Come on now. He's a good father. All right, I'll start singing the Bethel song. I won't go there. All right. He says this, the hour has come. All right. So here's that moment where the hour has come. This is it. This is that moment. He's going to the cross. Glorify your son. This is what I love right here. That your son may glorify you. Okay? Motive. First verse. You are father. Okay? For such a time as this, this is the moment. About to go to the cross. Glorify your son. What's the motive? Why? Here in the heart of Jesus, I want you to see that your son may glorify you. I want you to be glorified. For you granted him, verse two, for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. This is the work. This is what you called me to do. You grant him authority over all people that he might give eternal life. I'm going to the cross to all those you have given him. And now he explains it. Now this is eternal life. This is what I care about, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And he sums it up here. I like this verse right here. This is the one that I, I'm hoping that I'd like us to memorize. I know that when you think of Bible memory, you think only of your childhood. All right, but let's change that. Let's get that alive in us. I'm hoping that we start to memorize this verse. This verse gets tattooed on your brain. All right, this is the verse of the day. Here we go. I have brought you glory on earth. How? By finishing the work you gave me to do. Let me read that again. Jesus, looking at his father. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Third time, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Once you just see the motive of glory, God's glory in the heart of Jesus. So when he goes to pray, there is this idea. I want you to receive glory. He even says in verse one, he talks about, I, I want you to be glorified. So as you think about your own life, I love the prayer that starts off like little kids asking a father. And Jesus told us to pray like little kids that come to a father. And I want you to see in the heart of Jesus this why 
this motive, a vision that's in his heart. And here's my prayer, that this gets deeply embedded into our heart. And it's this, your glory. Like when you pray, God, I want your glory. Yes, I'm like a little kid and I come before you say, God, give me revelation. God, help me get up in the morning. Oh God, I just pray that I can pay my bills. Oh God, I need some help. Oh God, would you just help my kids to obey just today, Lord? Oh God, all those things, great supplication. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And in your prayer life, I wanna invite us to kind of look a little bit more than that and go, I've got a vision for more than my life to work. I have a vision for your glory. God, I want you to be glorified like you, the uncreated God forever and ever. You, the God who created the heavens and the earth. You, the one who will be worshiped for all of eternity. Oh God, lift up my eyes. Let me see more than I currently see. Currently, all that I see is my month. I gotta pay these bills and keep these kids saved and get them to school. All those things are good. But in addition to that, oh God, I wanna see like, what are you doing? And I wanna see your majesty and your glory. And I want to care about your glory. I am your creation. You are the creator. And I want to care. I, 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 want, I want a vision that's eternal. Want, God, help me to see. Help me to open up my eyes where I, I care about what you care about. And so the things of God are alive inside of me. You will ultimately live for your glory or God's glory. It'll be one or the other. And I I, 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 I know oftentimes I feels like I can, not like our culture, because I always you know, talk about the culture. But here's the reality. The culture is a battle. And the truth is, is that we live in a world that is a battleground. And in our culture, you are not perpetually told to live for the glory of God. You're per perpetually told to live for your own glory. And it is a challenge to live for the glory of God. Like not just on Sunday morning, hey, there's the, the preacher screaming away and that's good and now let's drink my coffee and go. But all week long to grow and I, I care about God's glory. That's, that's challenging. We live in a culture where it's, no, let's, let's take pictures of me. Let's post pictures of me. It's all about me. It's about my comfort. It's about my life. It's about what I can be, what I can do. I was reading an article this week that said that the, a millennial will post 25,000 selfies in their lifetime. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of me. What's up? Right? I mean, it says that we, we have 1,000 Instagram selfies a second. Woo! That's a lot of, what's up? Right? That's a lot of me. Here's the reality. I'm not slamming selfies. I am slamming perpetual me. I am, I am, I am talking about if my focus, if my vision is my glory. You can't coexist both. There can't be two kings. It's gonna be one or the other. Either you're gonna live for God's glory or you're gonna live for your glory. And so my prayer is that your prayer would become, oh God, I want your glory to be my vision. I want your, man, I, I, I want what's, I want God be glorified to not just be a religious term that I hear at church or singing a song. Man, I want it to be my passion. Man, I want, man, God, your glory, man. I, your, you to be or exalted. Or you to be magnified. You to be lifted up. And here's the phrase that I love. Here's the phrase that I want you to get. Because Jesus just makes it so clear. Listen to the way he says it. I brought you glory on earth by. How? What's, what's the way? Well, 
There's a lot of ways we could talk about it, but this one's really specific. And I want this one to just kind of get in us this week. He says, by finishing the work you gave me to do. All right, let's talk about that. So Jesus is about to go to the cross. And when you look at Jesus' life, there's verse after verse that talks about how by him completing the mission, doing the thing, seeing people healed, fulfilling what God had called him to do. There's all these moments where people glorify God. As a result of his life, others glorify God. And he's finishing his work. He's bringing glory to God. So here's what I want want us to get. I want us to get, okay, God, and this is where I'm ultimately gonna go. What's the work that you've called me to do? Like more than my life is just kind of a random choices, try to finish life, try to be a good person, try to kind of fill up the retirement account and try to keep, you know, everything working. Nothing wrong with those things. Here's, but here's what I want you to get. Okay, I wanna live for the glory of God like Jesus prayed and I want to finish the work. I wanna stand one day and have a confession like or similar to this. I brought you glory by finishing the work you gave me to do. And so ultimately where we're gonna go is what's the work? Like, what's that thing? What's that thing that God's called you to do? Lots of Bible, I told you, I warned you. Here we go. I want you to just see all the times of Jesus bringing glory to God. His birth, Luke chapter two, glory to God in the heaven. Woo, there it is, birth, bringing glory. That's a good start. (laughs) Matthew nine, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled and they glorified God. So result of his work, paralyzed man healed and the people marvel. Matthew 15, so the multitude marveled when they saw the mute man speaking, the maimed man made whole, the lame man walking, the blind man seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. All right, Jesus' life, fulfill his mission, do his work, do what the father has told him to do and people give glory to God. Luke 7, Jesus raises this widow's son from the dead. Verse 16, then fear came upon all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen up among us and God has visited his people. Luke 17, 15, when Jesus heals the lepers, the 10 lepers, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. Here's the dream. You, 15 years old. You, 35 years old. You, 155 years old, however old you are. It's this. All right, God, in my life, because I did the work you call me to do because I finished. I, I, I finished the work. And obviously here in John 17, we've got Jesus talking about the work of redeeming mankind and he's about to go to the cross. I want you to see this macro context of he's finishing the work his father had for him. And my prayer is that at Radiant Church, we would have a church full of people that have a prayer burning inside of them. God, I want to finish the work that you call me to do for my glory, so that people could say, wow, you're awesome. Nope, for your glory. For your glory, I want you, I, man, I want people, This even the reason why we named this church Radiance, to see the light of Jesus in you, that people would see there is an 
obvious work of God in those people. Like, this ain't just playing games. This is not just kind of church culture. There is real relationship with Jesus that creates a different kind of living. And that's what it takes. I mean, I'm telling you, when I see a video like that and people are serving, I'm t- that's, that is so countercultural. I mean, you're going to show up to people's houses. I mean, to go to people's houses that don't go to our church, we don't know, and we're going to serve. You're going to go to a, a, a school, wherever you went, just there's some, there's that, that, boy, I mean, to not sleep in and just kick back and read about who you should select in fantasy football this fall. Instead, to get up early and go, all right, I'm going to serve. There's a, there's, a, there's a work of God. Here's what I want you to get. As a redeemed human being, as someone who is following Jesus, this is true of you. You have a gift and you have a purpose. There is something that when you do that thing, it's the work that God has for you to do. And I wanna just encourage you because you have so many other competitors competing for you to fulfill their purpose. They have a purpose for you to buy their product. They have a purpose for you to join their thing, do their thing. Hey, worship the people that sing that song on MTV. Hey, purchase that product. Hey, celebrate that athlete. Hey, live for the stock market. Hey, I, there's, but you have this purpose. You have this work that God's called you to do. And when you've got that alive inside of you, it helps you say no to lots of good things. We live in a great country where there is a lot of good things. I wanna invite you to let go of good things so that you can do the God things, the things that God's called you to do. Because if you just fill up your life doing some good things, you will have a measure of emptiness. But if you walk out what God's called you to, like if you have this vision, I am created, I am made by God. He has redeemed me. So not only have I been saved, but now I've got a purpose. Like there's, I I play a position on the team. I've got a role to play in the kingdom of God. There's something that I do. There's something, there's some spiritual gift within me. There's some calling. There's some work that I'm called to do. It's not all about me. It's all about him, but there's a role that I play. And when you got that inside of you, it just, it helps you say no to lots of other things. One of our biggest issues is that we say yes to so many things. I wanna invite you to lock in today and just go, maybe there are some things I say no to in order so I can say yes so I can stand before God and say, hey, I'm not perfect. Jesus was perfect. But his prayer was my vision. And I'm not saying I'm anywhere close to what he was able to do. But I did ask, what would Jesus do? And what did Jesus pray? And when you look into the window of his heart, there's a lot there in 26 verses in verse 4 is this. brought you glory like I, verse one glorify me so that i can glorify you that's i'm going to the cross ultimately to bring glory to you god i want you to receive glory from this life this is and and, and listen i, I you, you've heard me say before you've heard me talk about the fulfillment by carrying out your purpose and that's there but there's a bigger reason than fulfillment it's worship it's glory 
It's I am undone by how big you are and how small I am in comparison to you. And so, oh God, oh God, help me to live for your glory. And that, if you've got that, if you could say it, if you know it, it'll help you say no to other things. Fuller Theological Seminary put out a study that said 87% of Christians in the United States don't know their spiritual gift. That's a lot. Like that's, a, that's if we're a body, <laughs> if we're a body, imagine if 87% of my body didn't know what it was doing. Like I'd be one messed up. I mean, similar, but different, you know, like, like, <laughs> thank you, Will. I mean, here's the deal. One of our passions as a church is that you would at least have a vision that says, man, I want to know what's the work he's called me to do. Man, God, like I could do a lot of things and you can. I mean, there's some serious talent in this house, but I want you to lock in with like, what God, what do you, what's the work you've called me to do? What's that thing? What, what is that thing that brings you glory? I, I see it when I was reading just Matthew 4 and I love the story where Jesus actually says no over and over and over again to the enemy, right? It's a really interesting story when you just think about it in the context of John 17, where Jesus says, I'm gonna finish the work you called me to do. And so he's saying no to <laughs> every plan that the enemy brings along. Three times, no, no, no. Why? Because I got one big yes to my father. I tell you, for you to accomplish, for you to finish You'll need a lot of little no's to have that one big yes. That one big yes that, that goes, all right, this is how you wired me and this is how you made me and this is what you called me to do. And yeah, there's a, there's, there is countless good projects and there is so many good things, but I wanna do the God thing, God. And so how do I get that? How, how, how do I get it? I wanna invite you to this. Starts in prayer. Align my heart with yours. I, I, I want your glory to be my dream. I want your glory to be my vision. God, do this. If I'm not before you, I will live for my own glory because I live in a culture where everybody's living for their own glory. So God, I need a supernatural work or else I will end up living for me. So God, here's my weak, small prone to discourage and discontent heart. God, let a vision for your glory be in me. God, not, not all the different plates I feel like I gotta spin, not all the different things I want. I live for your glory. I want to bring you glory. Now, God, show me. Open my eyes. Help me to see it. Jesus had it. I love it. I love the Luke 2 story, 12 years old. Did you not know I would be in my father's house? Did you not know I would be about my father's business? That's my dream for our teenagers. I just got that dream. I know, I know sometimes we think, oh, they're teenagers. Let's just, you know, try to pity them because they're in puberty and just keep them from doing some bad things, right? Boy, that's not this house. Here's this house. 12 years old, I got a vision, I got a dream, I got a call of God on my life. And so, man, we want to see little revivalists at 16 years old that have got this vision in this heart. 
I'm, I'm just go. I just read the text. If Jesus has got it at 12, let's get them and them at 12. Let's get that vision. Let's get that dream. Jesus in John 4, he's got, he's got that moment where he says, ah, my food is to do the will of the Father. I've got a work. I'm a part of a good purpose. I've got a mission. There's something inside of me that surpasses living for all these, the, the buffet of other things. And Jesus, even at the cross, it is finished. What would happen if inside of your heart this prayer started to grow? Okay, God, I got one life. And God, you've got a purpose for me. You have wired me and created me. You've given me spiritual gifts. You've given me relationships and calling. Oh, God, may I not waste it. Oh, God, may I live for your glory by finishing the work you gave me to do, what I put my hand to, what you've called me to do. I want that thing to be inside of me. And so that's why my hope is that even this week, you would start to pray it, that you would just start to ask it. And maybe right now you're going, what is that? What, what is that thing that he's called me to do? What's the work? Hey, whether you're at prayer week or whether you're in your face before God, I'm asking you every day to get along with God this week. Let this be a radiant week of prayer where we all as individuals get alone before God and pray. And maybe as families, we get together and pray. And maybe we come together in the evening at Tomahawk Ridge and pray. But I want to invite you to just kind of lock in with that. Even ask this question, just a baby step. What one thing could I stop doing now? And what one thing could I start that would help me get closer on track for finishing what he's called me to do, finishing the work. Like what's, what, what, what's the one thing, what's the one thing that you can stop that's just got absolutely no purpose? You all know one thing. Even when I say it, you're like, oh no. Cause that thing came to mind and you love that thing. But then there's this other side that's like, ah, oh, okay. And so you don't have to win the battle in a week, but let's take a step. Like what's that one thing? That if I just started, okay, God, I'm going to start this and I'm going to stop this. Maybe that's just a next step for this week. I'm saying, all right, your will be done. God, I just, we don't want to stand before God one day and have lived a good life, but not finish the work he called me to do, right? Like as all the parents, you know this, right? Hey, Dawson, 14 years old. Hey, son, mm, go mow the yard. All right, you got it, Dad. What's up? That's, that's a great moment. That's a good start. Thank you, son. Four, this didn't happen. <laughs> Just to, this is hypothetical. Four, five, six hours later, lawn's not mowed. Doss, what's the deal? <laughs> Dad, I know I didn't mow the yard, but check this out. Level 10 on Madden 19. You should be proud of me. I'm your boy. What's up? I'm better than all the others. I can beat my sisters. Well, hold on a second. Level 10 on Madden 19, that's all right. But that's not the work I told you to do. There's actually no delight in my heart. <laughs> about Madden 19, right? Here's the reality. There is work that God has called you to do. There is a Holy Spirit who will speak to you. There is something that is, you're gonna stand before God and you want inside of your heart, inside of your head, inside of your life to have this 
finished the work. Not as good as Jesus, but I followed in his footsteps. I took steps. Man, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna finish the work. Why? For my glory? No, not for my glory. No, I wanna bring you glory. And not everybody's gonna understand it. Listen, that's a part of it. Not everybody's gonna applaud. And we tend to just go to the things where people applaud. Oh, you, you'll applaud me if I do this? Yeah, all right, I'll do that. No, you're aiming at his applause at the end, right? That's what you want. I remember this, this, this PhD coming to me when I was 35 or so, standing in the church lobby. And he said, David, you're still doing student ministry. I was like, yeah. And I was like, big smiles, like, what's up? And he's like, man, I thought you'd like, I thought you'd be doing a lot more than that by now. Okay, here, here's that moment. All right, inside of me, it's, no, actually, I'm doing a good work. Actually, this, this, is, this is what God's called me to do. Like, at 35, I'm still, like, I'm still loving reaching thousands of kids. Like, this is, and so in your PhD brain, which probably is a little bit brighter than this one, you might think, that's crazy. But I remember that moment where I just looked back at him and just said, man, I'm having the time of my life. Here's the reality. People around you may not understand. You only care about him giving that well done. It's a battle. It is not easy. Your temptation will be to live for the glory of David, for the glory of Nathan, for the glory of Will. But your call is to live for the glory of God. How? How do I live for it? All right, well, one step is this. And one thing we're big on here at Radiant, I'm gonna finish the work you called me to do. I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm going to disciple some teenagers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that book. I'm going to serve people. Yeah, I could go do this, this, or this. But this is the thing, that prophetic whisper. This is what the Holy Spirit has called me, led me to do. And so I want to invite you just to dream again. What's that dream that you've just let go? You've settled for a life of survival instead of a life of significance. What, what is it? What's that dream that God actually put inside of you? And maybe it was nine years ago, maybe 20. God, I want to re rearrange some things. I want a life of significance. I want to, what we say around here, I want to make a difference. It's just, it's a term for ministry. I want to do that thing that you put in me. I want a life that honors you. And all I want to do is just be like this cheerleader, just cheering you on. And the whole kind of programming at Radiant Church is built on trying to empower you to do the call that's in your life. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but that's really true. It's like we want to do a small group, <laughs> getting you to serve or do it. We want you to do it. We, want, we, want, we, we just want to be this mechanism to help you not only be fulfilled, and that's all through the scriptures. There's a bigger motivation than fulfillment. It's his glory. It's his glory. And my prayer is that that prayer, the prayer of Jesus, would be in you today. Father, I have brought you glory, or I will bring you glory by finishing the work you gave me to do. Will you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my family. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're helping us 
to be formed around Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're changing us. You're at work inside of us. And God, we just, we just confess. I confess, God. I am so tempted to live for my glory and not God's glory. God, I'm so tempted to live, to do the work where people applaud me instead of applaud you. Help us, God. Help us to say no to 400 good things so we can say yes to that one thing that you've called us to do. And I pray today, Lord Jesus, God, for the authors that are in this room. I pray for the intercessors that you're raising up in this house. God, I pray for the, the people called to work with young people, and kids and teenagers. God, I thank you that there's even new dreams as we go into this fall that you're birthing. There's just new things that you're putting in the heart of your people. I pray that they dream again. I pray that they'd, they'd come alive. Holy Spirit, not our creativity, not our work, but yours, God. Create some new things. Creator of the universe. Boy, we want to see the kingdom of God in our city. We love you today. I just want to invite you, maybe you're here today and, and you've like, you've, you, just, you, just, you just so want the, 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 the life that Jesus has for you. Maybe for years you've been living for you and you just need to hear there is a father who loves you and he delights in you. And maybe there's people here today that it's that moment to step over the line and say, I will follow Jesus. I have decided I want to live as a son or a daughter in the house of God. I don't wanna live for myself. I don't wanna live far away. Man, I wanna, I wanna step into what God has for me rather than what I have for me. I'm done living for myself and my glory. I wanna, I wanna live for the glory. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.